Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hello, hello. This is Ryan Summers, and this is the Aspie Tribe podcast. Welcome. I don't even know what episode this is, actually. We got to be getting close to 10. Um, We're back. It's been a month or two since the last episode, so... um, just a lot of crazy stuff going on. I do a big event here where we live every year at the end of September. Um, one of my obsessions has has, has always been old um, Volkswagen vans, and camper vans and buses and things like that. So I, I started this event where we live about five years ago called Bayfield Volkfest. And uh, um, it's at the end of September every year and, and it's... This was the fifth year we did it, and, and so all, the whole month of September is really eaten up by a lot of the organizing for that event. It's a, it's pretty fun. And then in October, we went away uh, for 10 days to BC, to Vancouver Island. It was fantastic. Um, Jen and River and I, um, I've got some family out there in the Comox Valley area and, and, and good friends in Victoria. So we, we spent 10 days on the island, and it was just amazing. Like, could not have asked for a more perfect 10 days. Just amazing to see people we love and, and just get some time away from our lives and have some fun. And, and, and we had just beautiful, beautiful times and weather. And we took the ferry, and we saw whales, and we... We went to the mountain and to to Fino to the beach for a couple of days. It rained a lot there, but I mean, to the just 
being by the ocean makes me so happy um and the mountains just the air out there is so clean and the power of the ocean is just so beautiful it's so i don't know something about it i miss it dearly um and anyway so it's been a little crazy so haven't done a podcast um we're back now i am struggling immensely with uh allergies i've had this allergy problem for 15 14 15 months now it's just been crazy and there's something about the air here in ontario that it's like i when we got back we got off the plane and within hours it's like my head just fills up with cement it feels like like my head gets filled up with cement that's like expanding inside my head so there's just this pressure and and my whole all my nasal sinuses are just clogged with like cement it's like I can't like blow and blow and it just feels like it doesn't move and then it's like but then sometimes there's this drip and then this like battery acid drip down the back of my throat and my face is itchy and I'm sorry to describe it like this it's probably really annoying to listen to but I'm just really struggling. I'm sorry if my voice sounds weird. It's just, I'm so stuffed up. My skin is itchy. My face is puffy. My eyes are itchy and watery. And I don't know what to do. It's making me nuts. Like, I'm losing my mind. It's been 14 months of this. And and I just, I don't know. It's hard. I go to BC and I'm on the island and the air is clean. And I'm in the mountains and by the ocean. And I just think, like and my symptoms out there just go away like I still had a bit of a runny nose but that was it for the whole 10 days uh and then I come back and it's just like it feels like someone just shoved a pipe into my head and filled it up with cement it just is awful this is just like a headache for 10 for the whole time we've been back so anyway sorry I'll stop complaining (laughs) <laughs> just life, but I'm going to try to get back into this, I renamed the podcast, renamed it uh, Aspie Tribe, I, the adulting with Asperger's was, I liked the concept of what it was about, it's just really like for adults trying to live with Asperger's and, you know, high functioning autism, etc., but uh, it just didn't really roll off the tongue in a way I liked, and I wanted something kind of shorter, easier to say, and maybe even convey a little bit more of a positive vibe or some fun, and so I was just playing around, and then when we were in BC, I just woke up in the middle of the night one day, and, and, uh, just with the words Aspie Tribe, and I thought, yeah, that's it, like, I like the word tribe, one of my favorite music groups is the Tribe Called Quest, so, I mean, that's kind of cool, and I just like the word tribe, it's, and I feel like that is this whole journey of discovery with learning about my, my Asperger's and my ADHD and all this other stuff, and then once I got into the, doing this podcast and, and then all these different um, online chat groups and people I've connected with, and I just really feel like I'm, I'm connecting with my tribe, it's like, oh my god, there are these are my people, they get me, I get them, it's like... Um, it feels cool to like not feel so alone and just feel like I I have a tribe it's weird too because like like a lot of us are kind of loners 
<laughs> so I think it's funny because I am a loner. Like I, I, I'm perfectly happy being alone the majority of the time. Like I, right now is is I'm home alone. It's my day off. I'm not working, and you know Jen's at work and Rivers at 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 um, kindergarten, and I'm just home alone. And it's like I love this. It's 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 I need it, but I also need people. You know, like we all do. But I so, um, you know. I think a lot of us require a lot more alone time than most people do, and that's fine, but I also think we do need a tribe, and we are a tribe, and I feel like I've found my tribe. So anyway, I've renamed it, so Aspie Tribe going forward, I, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, came up with a, a little logo just for fun for the social medias and stuff. Uh, I'm probably going to make some stickers soon with that. I got a buddy near us who... Uh, make stickers so i'm gonna get him to print me off some so i can stick one on the back of my car and if anyone wants one let me know i'll post about it on the facebook and instagram and uh you know if anyone wants to uh get a sticker um a couple things to talk about uh the yeah so sorry i'm just looking at my notes here new name logo um i'm gonna i'm working on a a a, a, a website that that I'm hoping to have up soon. In the meantime, we're just everything's on like Facebook. So when I post each episode to Facebook, if there's any notes or links in relation to that episode, I'll put them in the comments on Facebook until I get an actual website up, which I'm working on. Um, speaking of which, the Facebook page is now at somewhere near 250 likes, so which is you know small potatoes in the grand scheme of facebook but it's amazing for me that that that's happened i mean it's just cool i didn't really have any expectation when i started this thing and the actual podcast itself is now at over three thousand listens which again is like nothing in the grand scheme of podcasts but for from this for me it's just really cool i mean that's three thousand times that somebody chose to press play on this podcast and listen to it and that's really neat and and what's even more important to me is the, the the feedback I get, like the comments and messages from people who who have listened and and are affected by it or or appreciate it or have shared stuff back with me or you know mess comments I get or messages of people saying that this podcast has has helped in some way. I mean that's just the best thing in the world. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Um, for this show, I wanted to go through... There's this really neat video I found on CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. And they do this series called You Can't Ask That, where I guess they like people submit questions anonymously that they'd be too embarrassed to ask openly. To and they get people with like different conditions to answer these questions. So they did an episode uh, uh, on uh, autism, and it's really neat. I mean, the first time I watched it, I just was like, "Wow, okay, this is really cool." And, and, and just hearing the different people talk about it, answer these questions, and you know, obviously, like, just God, like relating to so much of it. Um, so I thought I'd just kind of go through that, play a bit of that for you, and then I'll kind of go through and, and pause a few times and, and answer some of the questions myself and talk about it. Um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot planned for today. Like I just wanted to get back in the habit of doing this show, even if 
even if it's more sometimes just shorter or stream of consciousness or just kind of checking in, but I, I, I want to just work on the, 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 the uh, um, uh, uh, consistency of, of, of getting this podcast out more, more regularly and, and not being such a perfectionist about it. And, and not that I, I don't know, maybe I haven't been, I don't know, but trying to make it quality obviously, but, but not, um, to, to, uh, not, not be like so worried about having such a big plan that it, it takes forever to plan it. And then I just don't do it. Cause you know, life is busy and there's a lot going on and I feel like if I can just carve out a couple hours once a week to do it, then that'll be good. Uh, um, still got some books I'm reading, and I guess to update everybody too on my own progress, like uh, uh, it's such an interesting process from like I don't know six months ago or eight months ago when I started and decided like okay. I'm going to like really like lean into this and, 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 and research it and figure it out. And um, my first conversation was with my doctor, my family doctor, who pretty much dismissed my concerns. Um, I think the exact quote was, everybody feels like that sometimes, which <laughs> is sort of like, yeah, everybody does feel like a lot of things sometimes, but it's like everybody... You know, that's like if someone's like, hey, I, I, I have depression and I've had depression, like, I've been depressed every day of my life for my entire adult life. And somebody just goes, well, everybody gets depressed sometimes. And you go, well, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like, everybody can experience, like, negative life events and, and go through, like, periods of depression. Like, you lose your job or, or a family member dies or your house burns down. It's like, these things can trigger depressions that are, you know gonna happen but but that's not the same as like somebody who just has depression and like just lives in a state of depression all the time or or has like bipolar or something and it's like same with like the symptoms of of you know asperger's or, or or asd it's like you go okay well what are these these things and it's like well you know difficulty with understanding like social cues and like literal language and and trouble with eye contact and like sensory uh, sensory processing stuff and, 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 you know, you know, the list goes on. We all know these lists of things. And then your doctor goes, yeah, well, everyone feels like that sometimes. And it's like, yeah, I get that, man. Like everybody sometimes goes somewhere and it's too loud for them. And they're like, ah, it's too loud here. Like, let's leave. Like everybody experiences that. But does everybody experience that like all the time, every day, in regular circumstances where other people are not experiencing that. I don't know. You know, like, no, they don't. And it's like, same with, like, um, you know, I was t- talking to my doctor and explaining just, like, the difficulty I have with, with, with conversations and, like, following a conversation with different people, like, connecting the dots and, like, I get all lost. And he's like, yeah, everybody goes, everybody feels like that sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I know everyone feels like that sometimes, but but I feel like that all the time. Like I just am constantly stressed and lost in conversations. If I'm having a conversation with one person, it's hard enough for me to understand what the hell they're talking about and 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 and, and, and explain my point of view. And and then if I if if I'm having a conversation with two people, 
I just I just shut down I, or I just leave. I walk away because it's like I can't I can't even understand. Like I can't keep up. I, I get interrupted constantly. Like I because it takes me longer to like f- formulate a sentence and then I'll be about to say something and then someone else is talking and then or, or they're talking back and forth to each other but I don't follow what they're talking about and then or I'll, they'll ask me something and I'll start saying something but then halfway through my sentence I get interrupted and I just you know all this and then I just go okay cool and I just walk away and then they get mad at me because like I'm being rude now because I'm walking away and they think I'm all like in a huff but I'm like I'm not necessarily in a huff about it I'm just not going to waste my time being in a stressful situation that's not productive for me. So I'm just kind of like, okay, this conversation doesn't work for me. So you guys have the conversation that you're already having without me. And then just let me know what you decide at the end. Because like, there, there's no point in me being here in this conversation. And then, you know, getting into like, God, if it's a larger group, like, you know, uh, like, God forbid I'm in a room with 10 people. It's just like, I can't. I, I just can't even follow. I just retreat into my own head, you know. Um, and then I think I think that's a lot of where my like performing stuff comes from too. Like why I, it's like in a situation like that, like I either have to be performing where I have everybody's attention, and then I'm like in control of what's ha- like I, I can kind of control what's going on, or I just have to like sort of retreat and zone out, and then I'm either like either I leave or I'm like in sitting in the corner, like reading or looking at my phone or something, you know, but you talk to a doctor about this stuff and it's like, they just kind of go, Oh, everyone feels like that. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, but does everyone feel like this 24 seven? Has everyone, does everyone feel like this their entire life with almost every conversation they have? Because no, they don't. So that's what I'm talking about, you know? And then the same thing, you'll get somebody to go, Oh, well, you know, you, you're making eye contact. And I'm like, yeah, because I've worked my entire life to make eye contact. I don't like making eye contact. The entire time I'm making eye contact with you, I'm, like, conscious of it. And I, in my head, I'm, like, running this program of, like, okay, look away now. Okay, look back at them now. Okay, look away now. Okay, look back at them now. Do they think I'm looking at them enough? Am I looking at their eyes enough? Am I looking away too much or not enough? Now am I staring at them too much? Is that weird? Okay, now I'm going to look away for a bit. Okay, have I looked away long enough? Now can I look back? Do I need to look to the right or to the left? Like what's natural? Do I look up? Do I look down? When I look away from them, which direction should I look? And I'm running this whole conversation in my head about the eye contact while we're talking. It's like, that's not normal. That's fucking autism. And it's like you try to but to talk to a doctor about this and they're, you know, it's it's frustrating because I was just dismissed. And then I, I went to a psychologist and, and, and spent $100 to see a psychologist who told me that, oh, well, you have tattoos. So, you know, people with autism don't get tattoos. They can't get, they can't handle getting tattoos. I was like, what? I never heard of that. So I went home right after and I went on my support group's Facebook group and I posted that. And like half of the people in my autism support group have tattoos. Everyone's like, nope, that's bullshit. Some of them are like, they even found the process of getting tattooed pleasurable because something about like the high concentration and the, and even the sound of the machine. So it's like these things that doctors or psychologists will say, like it's like they don't know. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about that doctor or about that psychologist. I, they were both perfectly fine people who I'm sure are great at their jobs, but they're just not educated about this. So it's like, you can see why when you're in your 40s and you're going seeking a diagnosis of something, 
there's this automatic thing of people like, well, you would have known by now. Like, you know, if you were, if you had autism, like, they would have found that when you were in school. And you're like, well, actually, no. Because they didn't start knowing about it till I was already, like, finishing high school. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's this whole generation that missed that. And then these other things, like, they'll talk about certain symptoms. Oh, you can't get tattoos. And you're like, well, no, I can. And I did. And I've, you know, it's like, that that has nothing to do with it. Um, so I don't know. It's just weird going through this process. I got a little disheartened because I didn't know where to turn, especially because we live in a rural area. And the closest city is an hour, an hour and a bit away. And I, I got a couple numbers for places there with, like, uh, doctors who are trained in autism but I called and they're not taking on new people because this is a very underserved community uh and I I called a couple other places and I just couldn't find anybody or you know it was, or it was like cost prohibitive where it's like you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars um I just recently somebody sent me a link to a, a place in Guelph apparently run by uh, somebody who has autism and ADHD and it's like they do diagnosis and support and everything so that's not too far away that's like an hour and a bit away two hours maybe so I'm gonna um I've contacted them they they messaged me back and said they'll be in touch to set up an appointment I gotta find out how much it's gonna cost uh you know I don't have a ton of money so you know all of this is is not easy but it's worth doing if I can I'm gonna spend the money if I can to do it because, you know, um, it's important for some reason. Um, I don't really know why I need a diagnosis, like, officially, because I know what I know. I've done a lot of research. I mean, I've spent the last six, eight months down rabbit hole after rabbit hole, researching this stuff, reading about it. But at the same time, it's like, it's weird. You get this, like, resistance from people, even, like, family members who kind of like I just get this sense that they're just like don't believe me or something and that's really hard when you have like an invisible condition because especially one that you've spent your whole life trying to convince the world you don't have you you do a good enough job convincing the world you don't have it that they don't believe you when you actually say no I actually do have this so I don't know there's something about an official diagnosis that I, I, I think could be beneficial for certain reasons and then maybe also for accessing support. I don't know what kind of support's out there, but uh, if there is any support out there, I certainly would like to try to access it. Uh, there are a lot of areas in life that I, I struggle, and if there is an opportunity to get some kind of professional support, I certainly would like that. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but, uh, you know, here we are, six, six eight months into this process. Uh, I've you know, had not given up, but sort of taken a break from really knocking on doors, um, and then, and then somebody posted this link to me, and, and that's awesome, so thank you for that, um, but anyway, I'm gonna get into this, uh, this show, it's, it's a 20 minute show, I'm just gonna play a little bit of it for you, it's pretty cool, it's interesting, I hope the sound comes through, and again, this is on cbc.ca, and it's a sh- this show they do called You Can't Ask That, and it's people with, with different conditions answering questions that were submitted anonymously, which is kind of a cool concept. So this one is uh, Season 1, Episode 4, and it's about autism. So, uh, yeah, I'll play that for you now. Hello, 
You can't ask that. High functioning autism. Silence all set. Okay. So yeah, follow me, girls. Okay. So right here you have uh, two stools. So so you can sit right here. Um, on your left hand side you have the cards. Uh, the questions are written on them. So you can pick one card at a time. You read the question out loud. Okay. And then you answer the rest you can. Okay. Okay. Ready? Sorry. Almost. Sorry, guys. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it does feel like an interrogation. <laughs> oh no. Campfire <laughs> stories. Let's go. First question. Okay. Okay, let's see what we got. How does autism affect you? Do you have like three hours? <laughs> it's my brain, so it affects it affects every single aspect of my life. There's so much that it's affecting that you can't really specific one part of it it's not just something you can turn on and off it's everything all the time i have autism spectrum disorder it's uh, basically high functioning autism i can talk i can read very well like everyone else i can do well in school with tests but it's socially that there's a problem i think what affects me about my autism the most is actually how people react to it it is affecting me mostly through stigma there's a lot of um well, there's a lot of BS that comes from simply having, you know, autism or whatever, simply because you're diagnosed with something. I was uh, diagnosed earlier this year. Um, my psychologist calls it high-functioning autism. It means I tick all the boxes of autistic, but I mask and have controlled some of the what people call symptoms. But I'm still autistic. The main... That guy, just, I paused it for a second, that guy, like, he looks to be, I don't know, maybe in his, like, 40s or 50s, and, and, um, he's one of these people that you, 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 I think you, you could, you could meet and talk to and not know he's autistic, and I, I, I just kind of relate to that, it's like, it's like, what he said is like, you know, I, I tick all the boxes of autism, but, but I, I, I I've, I've, you know, masked it, you know, but you're still autistic, and I, I feel like that a lot, like, when I talk to people, and it's like, I've, I've kind of gotten through life, like, you know, masking, and mimicking, and mirroring, and imitating, and aping, and all these different words for, like, just trying to, like, appear normal, or something, or, or, or whatever, but, but underneath that is this, all these different, like, layers of autism, like, all, I kind of describe it like software. It's like it's like all these apps that I'm running in my own brain. So many of which, like I had to create in my own brain of like imitating others, and then like running the app of like behavior, and they're constantly modifying because then you like you run a behavior, but then it might not work in all situations. So then you encounter like awkwardness, and then you have to like tweak the app and reprogram a little and then keep running it and then you have different apps running for different things in your head constantly and it's like it's I'm realizing now at this age like after doing it this for so long that it's like it's really tiring it's like it's one of the reasons why we're a lot of us are so tired all the time we're just exhausted because it's like I just I'm like I don't know you start to feel like things are held together in a very precarious way, and, 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 and one of the things I've, I've been doing in the last, experimenting with in the last little while is just like letting myself be autistic, which is a weird thing to say, 
because how can you let yourself be something you already are, but it's like, let yourself, like, let some of these masks go sometimes, it's like, I'm a, I'm a very different person when I'm alone than I am with other people, and it's like, I go to work, and I put on this mask, and I have all these, like, quote-unquote normal behaviors, that, but they're all, like, these efforts I have to make to, like, do it, and then when I'm home alone, it's like, I'm, I'm, I, I, even a lot of them, I'm still running these masks when I'm home alone because I'm just so used to running them all the time. But like sometimes I just I, I'm starting to learn how to let them go, and, and it's like there's a, there's this worry of like how I'm going to be accepted by other people, uh, especially the ones closest to me, if I just start actually like letting my letting my autism uh, um, be <laughs> visible. But I, I also just feel like I have to do it, you know. I, uh, I, I don't want to keep that going. But but I don't know. This is interesting. Like, you know, the question, the number one question on this is how does autism affect you? And I think one of the people there said it exactly right. It's like it affects everything. This is your life. It's like this is just how your brain works. This is your operating system. It doesn't turn on and off. It doesn't – you don't – Yes, sometimes you. F- sometimes I feel more autistic than I do at other times, you know. But that's like, you know, like anything in life, you're gonna have like your stress levels affect you, or how you slept, or what you ate, you know, all these things. Or, or right now, like allergies are affecting me. Or I find like, you know, the amount of energy I have to use to like be social in, in like a work environment, it's like after several days of working in a row, it's like I, I, I'm, I'm in like this sort of crash state where I have to like reboot the operating system, you know? So like those things happen, but but how does it affect you? It's like it just affects everything. It's just the way you are in the world, the way you process everything. So I don't know. It's This is all stuff I'm learning about now, and it's fascinating. Anyway, back to it. Issue I see with Asperger's isn't so much the Asperger's it's the fact that it's invisible one person with autism you've seen one person with autism you don't know what we look like it's not a face the main reason it's it's on a spectrum is because it's so individual to each specific person and the uh, the symptoms manifest can manifest drastically from one person to the next I was diagnosed last year at 41 ASD needing level 1 supports as per the DSM-5, they also found I had ADHD, um, learning disabilities, uh, dyscalculia, uh, some dysgraphia, um, audio processing disorder. What else did they find? But they also uh, have depression, um, social anxiety, probably some form of PTSD and borderline personality disorder. For me, it affects like my entire life, like how I talk to people, how I meet people, how I react to everything the thing with autism is that they'll find this and then they'll find other things that show up with it and they find physical things and then you know they all link together it's it's like this like interesting puzzle i guess um next question (laughs) yes okay yeah just pausing it again i mean that's that's interesting too because there are all these comorbid conditions and it's like the more more research i do the more it's like uh, trying to understand these things, because, um, like, for me, it's like, yeah, there's this, this autism Asperger's thing, got ADHD symptoms as well, like, pretty heavy, um, my whole life I've had, like, 
pretty significant like high stress levels, anxiety, depression, certain periods with times that I would probably classify as like bipolar, like with these just like massive ups and downs and just you know a lot of uh, addictive behaviors like you know pretty much anything you can be addicted to at some point I've been addicted to. Uh it's just pretty wild and then um I think also like long long periods of of depression like I just feel like I don't even know what it's like to not be depressed because it's just it's just kind of how it is I don't know what it's like to not be stressed all the time I don't know what it's like to not feel anxious every day like it's just that's just like the normal baseline which is I'm discovering it actually is could be part of the reason for my current immune issues is because of like elevated stress levels for like a long period of time uh anyway it's just interesting looking at that and yeah i think ptsd too like i've looked at that like i might have some ptsd symptoms from a lot of stuff so anyway it's just like you 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 look at this and you go yeah okay so autism is autism but then it's like there's all these other things attached to it and i used to look at 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 uh like my depression my anxiety my my like bipolar my stress and all this stuff and just kind of be like oh my god like am i just a crazy person with all these crazy things but then the more i've learned in the last six months eight months uh, of of about autism and it's like okay like so much of this comes is, is like related to that and what's interesting i just posted an article the other day it's like how much of the depression like let's pick for instance one thing like depression and you go okay so people with autism have higher levels of de- higher occurrences of depression so you go okay well is is the depression caused by the autism or is the depression caused by the 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 the, the autistic person's interactions with the world because so many autistic people struggle so much in life and and oftentimes can be bullied and taken advantage of and 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 just sort of chewed up and spit out by all these situations and be like live in like high stress levels because they have difficulties with work and all this other stuff and then you look at all that and you go okay so is all are all of those things contributing to that depression or is the depression itself like medically linked to the autism or you know a combination so anyway it's just kind of neat to think about i don't know i just i wonder because to me i just was like I had this list of like seven or eight things that like conditions or whatever. And then I, when I started really researching all this, it was like, oh, like all of them can be connected to autism. So it's like, okay, that's different. And then, you know, some of the stuff I've read too, where you get people that are not diagnosed with autism, but have other things like they're being treated for depression or treated for substance use or treated for anxiety or etc but like and but then later on discover they're autistic and you go like it's like those treatments for those other things without recognizing the autism it's like they're kind of just band-aids right and without getting to the root of the problem anyway back to the video oh, um... see what's on card numero deuce can you feel any emotion? What is so- It's sad. <laughs> Can you feel any emotion? Can you be happy or sad? This is this is a big stereotype. Yes. Um, when you see a lot of things. Um, now, I gotta be honest. That is an offensive question. 
I'm a human being. Of course I can feel emotions. That's actually a huge thing. A lot of people think that autistic people are robots and that we don't have any empathy, but a lot of us actually experience hyper-empathy, like myself, because we are so sensitive to sensory input and things like that. There's a kind of a comorbid condition that can occur with autism, which is called the lex lexmythia, where it's like you do feel, obviously you feel emotions, but you don't know how to label it. Mm. Or sometimes you're just not even really sure what you're feeling at the time, and it kind of takes some time to process. Even though I have my autism, I'm just like a lot of people. I do the same things that they do on a daily basis. I feel usually what they feel. Just because I have autism doesn't mean I can't feel the way some people feel. Although I don't show much emotion, on the inside I feel a lot of emotion. I, every day is different. Some days I'll be happy all day. Some days I feel different, but I don't show it because I'm afraid of what's actually going to be said about me behind my back. I think people um, misinterpret how I'm expressing myself or my emotions. Some people would think I'm aloof or um, snob, like I'm hoity-toity, um, just because they're not reading me correctly. And no matter how hard I've tried, I, this is one thing that I'm not able to um, overcome. Within my friend, my group of friends that have ASD, um, I find that there's really two types. Um, they over-emote or they under-emote, and I find that I over-emote. Kind of in the middle, depends on the situation, really. And I just think, like, I could be at a party, I could be dancing, and I'm enjoying myself, but then I'm not dancing enthusiastically enough, and then people think I'm not having fun, and it's, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it any differently. That's the thing, so it's like... <laughs> Why should it be that we need to express happy in a way that is the same as everybody? Of course I can be happy or sad. Anybody says they can't feel emotionally, can't be happy or sad, one of two things. They're either a sociopath or they're lying to you. And seeing as those sociopaths are very rare, they're probably lying to you. Next question, please. Do you hate people? <laughs> what is it? Yes. <laughs> Do you hate people? Sometimes. I hate everyone equally. Do you hate people? Once again. Only if they give me reason to. I don't just... You, people don't just hate people. You usually have to give them a pretty good reason. Hate is a very strong, very strong emotion. Do you hate people? I don't hate people. Oh my god, no. I'm somebody that's like... I'm an activism and everything. I don't hate people, no. I can easily answer that yes, but I, I try to do my best to be the better person and just leave any conflict alone. I can say things when I'm out of control that I don't mean out of anger. So yes, I may say to once, to once in a while to a person, I hate you out of anger, but then I feel really bad about it, usually guilty. So I immediately apologize. It's not in my nature to hate people. I have a family I love dearly. My dad's actually dealing with stage four cancer right now. Like, do you think I hate him? No. Like, do you think I hate this random person on the street that just said hello to me? No. Like, I have no hatred for people unless you hate me first. And even then, I'd be like, oh. I think the media often puts a negative spin on, on people with disabilities in general. A lot of times when you hear, like, shooters, oh, he must be autistic. Like, it's the first thing that they, they link them to. Which is really, it's really sad because a lot of the times if, if we are violent, it's, it's directed towards ourselves. 
autistic women will, will self-harm, uh, will starve themselves, um, and then men often will, they might die by suicide uh, because we internalize a lot of our pain. I think the stereotype came from autistic people uh, spending long periods of time alone, perhaps, or not being social. Oh. And that's the misnomer right there, because we love to be social. Yeah, it's just, just not in the same way as... As neurotypicals. Yeah. Whoever wrote this question, this is the kind of question you ask somebody if you want to piss them off and make them hate you. You can't ask that. Hey, pause there. That's kind of a funny thing. Do you hate people? Ah, anyway, it's an interesting show. Hearing all these different people answers to these anonymous questions. Um, maybe I'll do one more, and then and then we'll we'll uh, get out of it. Can you read body language? Yes. Sort of. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. <laughs> I guess the easy answer is no. No, body language is something I've never been able to read on people. It's. One of the things I'm still trying to learn, still trying to figure out how I can do it better. I think for me, I find facial expressions extremely difficult with no context. People who are teasing or being ironic with a straight face just confuse me. And it's often I misread, often I misread body language. It is really hard for me to interact with people. Um, it can be hard for me to read what somebody's intentions are and things like that like i can literally ask my friends like are you angry at me today or is it like just something that you're stressed out about because i have no idea <laughs> and it's really hard for me to process even if i'm close to them which can be really alienating at times just pausing it there this is something that i really relate to too like the the whole body language thing or facial expressions gestures like i struggle with this every day even with people that are close to me, like people I live with. Um, and it's like this weird thing. Cause then you have to have these awkward conversations where you just have to stop and be like, Hey, what's going on? Is anything going on right now? Are you, are you like upset? Are you okay? Like, are you upset with me? Are you just upset in general? Or are you not upset at all? Am I misreading it? Like you just have to like stop and have these like awkward kind of questions where you just kind of go, is anything going on right now? Because someone can be like stressed or worried or kind of like just in a hurry in their own life. And like, you're just like, but I don't know, like, I don't know how to interpret that. Is that, is that directed at me? Is something going on? Cause like straight up, if you don't just tell me in clear, plain language, I do not have a fucking clue what is going on with you. That's just the reality of it. Um, you know, obviously, if you're, like, angry and pointing a finger and yelling, then I'm pretty sure I can figure that out, that you're upset. But uh, for the most part, anything anything that's less than, like, totally overt, I just don't get. And I find this at work, too. Like, I'll be talking to people, and they're, like, just little changes in the way they're standing or their gestures or their facial expressions or just something will change, or, or and I'll just kind of go, like, I'm just like, I don't know what that means. Does it mean anything? I just, I, I, I just, it's like a language I just don't speak. And, and it's, it's, it's really challenging to, you know, cause 
you know, so much of our communication, I'm told, happens through these, like, subtle things like body language, but man, I just don't get it, uh, and it's, 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 it makes for, I think, like, on the one side, it, it makes for a lot of us with autism, like, have, living in sort of heightened states of stress, because we're always trying to figure things out, and we're never quite sure what's, what people are, their intentions are, like, what they're, you know, so we're always like kind of at this like heightened like level of alertness, like trying to figure it out. But I'm just I'm just trying to get better at just asking, and I know that can be annoying for people. But I just kind of go, "Hey, I'm sensing something right now. I don't know what it is. Can you just explain it? And if it's nothing, you can just be like, "Oh, it's nothing." But like the thing is too, like a lot of times the way people talk, they'll say it's nothing, but there really is something going on. But if you say to me it's nothing. I'll just be like, okay, cool, and I'll just turn around and keep doing whatever I'm doing. So you can't expect me to just, like, pick up on something, because it's just not going to happen. So this one's really interesting, I find. Like, it, it's, and that's one of the things, like, I, I, I've struggled with my whole life, but I it, only, like, recently really been able to, like, name it and go, okay, this is what it is. This is why it's like this. But, you know, I also find, like, certain... Uh, for me, like certain hand gestures, especially I can just take in the wrong way. Like my partner, for instance, like is a hand talker and there are certain gestures that to me are like, I interpret as being like dismissive or belittling or controlling or aggressive and I sometimes then react to that because, like, a certain hand gesture will happen. And then, to me, that hand gesture is, like, belittling me or, or something or dismissing me. Like, it's, it's somehow being rude to me. And then I'll react to that and just want to be like, what the fuck was that? Like, what is that? Like, you know, and then I and then now the conversation is, is, is not a positive one. But, like, that gesture might not have been intended to mean that. So it's something that I'm trying to like work on where like certain gestures happen and I immediately feel this like physiological response. Like I want to be like, fuck you when I see that gesture because I, I interpret that gesture as like an aggressive thing. But then I immediately feel that response in my body and then I have to just go, hey man, that's that response. You know what it is. It's to that gesture, but it's not real. It's just in your mind. And then I go, okay, cool, and I let it go, and and I'm getting better at that, like, letting that whole process of, like, seeing the gesture, reacting to it, catching it, talking myself, repeating to myself that it's okay, and then letting it go, and it's like, I can sometimes do that, run that whole thing in, like, a matter of a few seconds now, whereas before, it, it would bother me for minutes or even hours, or, or I would react and say something crappy, you know, so that's an interesting one for me, but like I still see those gestures and I still have that immediate physiological response of like someone, like I interpret it as like, my brain interprets it as like somebody like talking down to me or belittling me or being like dismissive or something and it's like, and it's like no, and I've talked to my partner about that and she's like no, that's not what I'm doing and I'm like okay. I get it, you're just like a hand talker, 
But in however my brain is interpreting that hand language, it's interpreting those words as aggressive. But that's not your problem. That's my problem. So like I'm just trying to learn how to deal with that and how to like just process it. And like I said, it's been a, an ongoing practice, and I, and I'm getting better at it. So now where I can sometimes run that whole thing, that whole sequence in, in like 10 seconds and then just let it go. Whereas like in the past, it, it, it would be something that I would hang on to like sometimes for days and it would bother me. But you know, it, it's just, it's all communication. Cause it's like, we have to talk about it. Cause I, I then have to ask like, what is that gesture? Like, are you, this is how my brain sees it. And then she's like, no, that's not what it is. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to trust that I believe you, that you say that's not what it is. And then now the ball is in my court to um, learn how to process that. But I still, it's funny because I still have that immediate like body reaction. I just feel like I immediately like tense up and like get defensive. And then I go, hey man, I feel it happening. And then go catch it and go, there it is. There's that response. Let it go. So anyway, body language, it's fun. On to the video. I kind of like had to teach myself and like yeah, kind of train to myself train to, do it. to know. Yeah. Because the stuff isn't taught to people. We are not like kids don't aren't don't learn like oh this is this is what this means and stuff like that. Yeah, we have to train ourselves in terms of body language and micro expressions and mm -hmm. things like this. So that's why it's actually very exhausting for most autistic people to be in social situations. Yeah. Personally, I um, don't really go out much. I'm not very social. I've never been able to tell how people are actually feeling, how they their social um, gestures, their moods. I never understand that. So I'm normally at home just by myself where I feel comfy and safe. They don't teach you that because neurotypicals just yeah. apparently know. Yeah, it's weird. They're all psychic. Yeah, apparently they are. I don't know how that works. Uh, next card? Okay. I just paused it again for a second. There's a, that last thing she said there that I, I didn't actually catch last time I watched this video. But she says, talking about neurotypicals, she says they're all psychic. And I thought that's really cool because that is kind of what it feels like. Um, I saw another meme recently that was saying, you know, being autistic in this world, it's it's like, it's like you're playing a part in a play, and everyone else has been given the script, and you you haven't seen the script, and you know, anyway, it's kind of the same, like that idea, like they're all psychic, because I feel like that all the time. It's like you 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 interact with people, and you watch them all interact with each other, and you just kind of go, it's like they all know something that I don't, and this is another thing that I felt my whole life. It's like they all. There are just all these like unwritten things and like little social cues and it's a combination of so many things. It's like the social cues and the body language and the tone of voice and even like within the language, like when people are speaking, it's like there's these layers and references and like um, this ability to like connect the dots that like I just don't have and, I, and I'm always just kind of like fascinated and sort of in awe. Uh, of neurotypical people and how they communicate because it does feel when you're watching it from an autistic point of view it does feel like they are psychic it's like they all just have this understanding with each other about so many things that like i i have to like learn but they just know 
And it's like that information that just just sort of like the way to move through the world and navigate each other and like all these like sort of unwritten things and subtleties and I just don't it it, it does feel like everybody's psychic. It's it's a strange feeling and you just feel like like everybody knows what's going on except you. And you're just kind of walking around going like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? And having this feeling all the time, like you just don't know. And I, I guess that is why, you know, it's a lot easier to just um, be alone. Because <laughs> then you're, when you're by yourself, you know what's going on, you know. Um, anyway, I just wanted to catch that because I, uh, I thought that was kind of a, an interesting thing. It's like they're all psychic. Yeah. Okay, back to the video. Oh, this is this is a great question for me. Are you just like that character in Rain Man, or like Sheldon at Big Bang Theory? Do you have savant skills? My only connection to Sheldon Cooper is that I am a huge nerd. <laughs> I am Sheldon. In fact, that's how. That's why I went. I got a diagnosis because I my my partner and I were watching Big Bang Theory, and. I was just watching Sheldon going, that's me. You know, I, I'm, I am Sheldon, except it's music, not physics. My mom likes to call me Shelly, because I remind her a lot of Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, so I'm going to go with Sheldon. As soon as you say that you're on the spectrum, it's suddenly, oh, you must be exactly like Sheldon. And again, like the question asked, like, are you a savant? No. No? Like, really, no. Like, we're just people. I hate that show and I hate that movie. <laughs> I hate that show, I hate that movie, and I'm not like Sherlock Holmes either. Autistic people have the same rates of either uh, intellectual disability or high IQ as the general population, with about a 2% difference. All people with Asperger's, as far as I know, tend to be very creative. That's another thing with Asperger's, very creative, very unconventional patterns of thinking. So, if you ever find people who have a very loud voice, I don't seem to be able to modulate their voice and never think inside the box. They pro there's a very, probably a, a very good chance of dealing with somebody with Asperger's. In my opinion, a lot of like the so-called savant skills aren't like these magical brain wave powers, whatever you want to call it, that we have. It's more like we have interests that we're very, very in-depth and involved in. And that's why we know so much about the topic. We want to learn all about this thing, and that's why we excel in such things. I excelled in school because I loved books. Most of us have like very, very focused interests. If I'm interested in something, I can absorb tons of information. Learning about my hyperfocus is fantastic. Oh, okay, yeah. My hyperfocuses sometimes they'll like fluctuate, and they'll like add more, like. But there are some that are like always like a constant, and like the number one constant that's always like super high up is Pokemon. Oh yeah. Like that is, that is my thing. That's been my thing since I was like three years old. My hyper focus is um, terrorism studies, actually jihadism in Syria. It's like honestly a mental orgasm when I find things that I that I love about the hyper focus. But like when you ask me to learn something that I that I can't do well, like math. It's like a slog. You might as well just stick rusty stakes into my eyes. Like, I just can't do it. <laughs> no. Next Go. <laughs> oh, boy. Aren't you just odd? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. But aren't we all? Aren't you just odd? <laughs> yes, I am. I am just odd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> this is a whole that too. 
It's like, I'm gay, I like Dungeons and Dragons, and Green Day. Like, yeah, I'm odd. Big deal. Is that autism? Is it just my personality? I don't know. I don't care. I'm very weird, and I'm proud of it at this point. There are no usual people. They don't really exist. The word normal is something that is shoved down our throat by a system that wants us to conform. I don't think I'm odd, and everyone else in my family, my friends, they don't think I'm odd. But, you know, like I said, people who don't know, people who have disabilities, of course they're going to think you're odd. That's the thing is that I always tell people, that's what I want everyone to do in this world, is disability, no matter what it is, you just give them a chance. Don't assume they're odd right away or that they're different. You've got to give them a chance first. Many people call me odd, weird, and I say yes I am, because the normal life isn't fun. I like to be unique. I like to be who I am. I always knew, like, I was just weird in general just because of my hobbies and things like that. When I got diagnosed, I had to describe myself from a quote that I read, like, from a song, and it was a loose bolt of a complete machine. So when I found that out, it, I figured out that it wasn't a loose bolt of a complete machine. It's just the cog was shaped a little differently, but it still ran. And that explains so much. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> I felt a great amount of relief with diagnosis um, because I thought I was broken. I thought there was something wrong with me. Uh, and because I'd been bullied, because of the way I was raised, you know, I was raised by parents who did not accept me who, who, for who I was. And I was tired because I was trying so hard to <clears throat> fit in and be like everyone else and could not understand why. I could not be like other people. We got the Uh, just stopped it there. Yeah, man. That was the first time I watched this video, that part just made me totally cry cuz that's exactly how I feel. It's like my whole life I've just been like what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure it out? Why can't I function in this world in like normal ways? And I always come back to, like, these three things. I'm like, I'm smart. Like, I was in gifted classes when I was a kid. I have a high IQ. Like, I'm in the top 2% IQ. Like, I, I, I you know, um, could join Mensa. Like, it's like, I'm smart. So, it's not that I'm stupid. Because I'm actually, if you, put a, if you put me in a room with 100 random people... There's one person smarter than me in that room. Like that's, and that's the person that I want to talk to. Actually, that's the person I'm most interested in talking to, because that's going to be like your 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 crazy savant kind of person. But it's like, so this is uh, the, the three things I've always struggled with. It's like one, I'm smart. Two, I'm creative. Like I'm an outside the box thinker. I'm always thinking. I'm always looking at things and thinking of how to do it different. And I've never been happy being like trying to having to do things the way everyone else does it it's like i don't want to know how you do something i want to know what is the end result we want and then i want to just figure out how to do it or i want to look at how you do it but i want to then just figure out my own way i'm never going to do it the way you tell me you do it i'm just it's just not going to happen so it's like i'm creative but i think of all these things i've come up with all these different concepts over the years and ideas and creative things, and like, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but I've actually had a few of my ideas stolen over the years, like, by people I trusted, like, you know, business concepts that have been, like, taken from me, and 
that I've shared with friends who I thought I could trust, who then took those concepts and 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 went and copy wrote wrote things like names of companies and logos I drew and like marketing plans and things that I came up with and then they they took. So it's like I have good ideas. I've just never been able to personally execute on those good ideas. And then the other, the third thing is like work ethic. Like I'm a hard worker. I work my ass off. When I'm at work, all I think about is work and I just do it the best I can. And like so many jobs I've had, people are like, you're the one of the hardest workers we've ever had. Or like, you're the best at this job we've ever had here. Like it's like, so I look at these things and I go, okay, so I'm smart, I'm creative and I'm a hard worker. But for some reason, my life just always seems to fall apart, like all the time. And I just can't make it work. And I've struggled. And it's like, and then, and like she said in this video, I've had this uh, all the time, like this idea of like, well, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And like this depression about that of like, what, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then now like learning about autism, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting it. It's making sense. Um, anyway, that's this video. I'm almost out of time. It's 58 minutes. Holy crap. This this app I use only lets me do an hour. So I got to stop. But check out this video. I'm going to post it in the comments on the Facebook page under this episode. It's really worth watching. It's very interesting. Shout out to CBC for doing it. It's a really cool idea. And uh, I don't know. I'm back. Thank you, Aspie Tribe. I'm digging it. Uh, so much more to talk about, but we're just gonna I'm gonna keep doing this every week. I want to talk to you. If you are out there and you have Asperger's or autism spectrum disorder or high functioning autism or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, I want to talk to you on the podcast. I want to sh- I want to learn from you. I want to share our experiences. Or if you're someone out there who lives with somebody with autism or Asperger's, I want to talk to you as well because I've gotten a few messages from people whose partners have autism and they listened to the episode I did with Jen and, and, and messaged me about it. So anyway, I'm out of time. I got 10 seconds left. I love you all. Peace, love, Aspie tribe. Let's talk soon. Follow me, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Aspie tribe, A-S-P-I-T-R-I-B-E. Love you. Bye.